Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope it went well. I hope it was productive. I hope it was fun. I hope you all are staying safe and staying responsible. We have a lot going on in our country right now. Very crazy times like never seen before. Uh, First and foremost, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are all amazing. Uh, The show is listened to in 25 different countries on 70 online platforms. And everybody, the big announcement, I started Salem Radio May 17th. Mark your calendars. Uh, One of the biggest opportunities I could ever ask for in a lifetime. Uh, Sean Hannity does his show there. Mark Levin, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, many, many more. Uh, so it's uh, going to be the just the, the quite the experience. I mean, as surreal as it gets, and um, you know, the, the Rory Sauter show is more evolved than ever before. Uh, we're growing and growing. We keep getting to the next level. Uh, the show just, you know, every episode. I'll tell you, you know, we we all mesh uh, so well and resonate with one another, and really never run out of things to talk about. Um, perfect dynamics. Uh, but, guys, I'll tell you, headline after headline this, uh, this past weekend and these just in the past 24 hours, we're, uh, we're making progress. Um, you know, obviously there's other things that are really important going on other than the corona that we will be uh, getting into tonight. Uh, but, guys, you know, this is, um, this is really a, a time that uh, I've seen a lot of people unite. So uh, high props and, and high praise for that. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we are, we are, we're going to get through this and we're going to come back stronger and uh, tougher than ever before. And, uh, you know, this is only, remember, just a slight disruption. It's not the apocalypse. It's not Armageddon. You know, we're not, we're not all, we're not going to die. Um, you know, unfortunately, we've had some people that, um, you know, are no longer with us. Uh, but it, it really upsets me how the media has taken this thing out of proportion uh, way over traumatic, uh, the hysteria, uh, trying to treat this like, you know, I mean, this, this is what they do, though. They fear monger. Uh, they use these tactics. Uh, but don't ever forget what we've had to endure and what we've had to experience, and we never shut the economy down. In my 29 years, we've never shut the economy down. We saw swine flu. We saw Ebola. We saw AIDS. We saw stuff that is way more severe than this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around. Um, obviously, there's a lot of you know, different developing stories that keep coming out. We, we keep finding out about a lot of different things uh, that uh, we didn't know in terms of um, corruption going on with various people uh, and the deep state. Uh, you know, this, this is um, nothing, nothing to take lightly. Nothing to take, li- nothing to take lightly. Sorry, I lost my, uh, for a second. But, guys, uh, I want to introduce to the panel, and by the way, we, um, at this point in time, I strongly believe that uh, the way medicine uh, is more advanced than ever before, um, you know, we have just, you know, I'm looking at every other country. I mean, these people are suffering in in, in some of these other places. I can't believe what I'm witnessing, um, you know, just, for instance, Italy and Spain. I mean, their death tolls are absolutely insane. And, you know, the the USA, and I'll tell you, President Trump um, took the initiative. You know, he took action. When it, when it was supposed to be taken, and uh, he really um, has been nothing but transparent. Uh, he's, he's 
totally dealt with this uh, in, in, in the absolute um, best way possible. You, you can't you can't ask for for anything better, you know. And and uh, he's really uh, giving people answers. You know, people uh, want the truth, and and Trump, you know, is is there for us. Uh, he's really the guy that um, is saving us. Uh, many other leaders, you know, look at what Obama did. He didn't act on the swine flu for many, 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 you know, for a long time. I mean, he, you know, there was no, and that, and the media doesn't, didn't even talk, doesn't even talk about that. You know, the media tried to coddle him in that situation back then. And, you know, but to, when Trump does something right and actually takes action right away, you know, they, they want to get on his case. It's ridiculous. But I want to re, uh, introduce to the show uh, retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Balsey. Michael, how are you? Good, Roy. Thanks for having me. Uh, had some good time today. Uh, I don't live in a climate like you do where it's 75 degrees regularly. So today when it hit 75 and sunny, I hit the bike path, got a little exercise, went and spent some time with my grandsons, and uh, it was a good day overall. Thanks again for having me. Looking forward to getting into some heavy stuff tonight on today's show. Absolutely. Well, always a pleasure having you here, Michael Balsey, and uh, you bring great value and great insight to the show. And uh, just really, a, a, you know, this is going to be fun. We've got a lot to get into. I also would like to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, the popular <coughs> talk show host, um, TV host, uh, Eric Mitchell. Eric, what's up, buddy? Welcome back. Rory, how are you doing today, bud? Doing well. How about yourself? What's going on? What's new? What's What's been the latest? Uh, I'm rebelling. I'm refusing to wear a mask and my gloves, and I went outside, and I didn't maintain social distance, and I didn't feel bad about it. Uh, you know what, man? I, I tell you, I think, the mask, I think the mask thing is silly. And I'm in California right now. I'm, I'm in Palm Springs, and pretty much everywhere you go, you're required to wear one. Where I live in Arizona, yep. it's not a requirement. But here, California, mandatory. And uh, to make you jealous right now, I'm eating some In-N-Out Burger. I know you love that place. Oh, I do, especially that one by where you're at, man. Oh, yeah. But, no, seriously, uh, we just found out that our Costco is going to require us to wear them up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's ridiculous. People yeah. need to come out. You know, I live in one of these states that's jammed between two. Oh, I mean, I don't know how we're calling California a hot spot, nor how we're calling either Oregon or Washington hot spots. We're, we have 99 deaths here in the state of Oregon. Uh, it's ridiculous that we're being festered into our homes, not allowed to go to parks. Uh, I love what Governor Abbott just did yesterday saying, hey, May 1st, we're opening this up. We're, we're, we're back in business, baby. Let, let's turn the lights back on, kick the tires, and we'll take our chances. And that's how we need to be. You know, let us live our lives. Let me be an adult and figure out if I catch a flu or not. Exactly. And, you know, at some point, Eric, you really got to say enough is enough. We've been on lockdown long yeah. enough. And you really got to look at the long term and, and, and the problems that can be created uh, with people's psychosis and mindset when, when you take them out of a routine. I mean, you have people committing suicide. You have people using drugs mm-hmm. for the first time. You have people beating their spouses. You have people breaking up. and. Yeah. But this is all because of this disruption, because, you know what, there's a lot of people, paychecks, sadly, according to, uh, you know, certain statistics uh, I was looking at. And, uh, well, I don't know if it's necessarily that, but, bad. I, I think that has something to do with it. But I think a lot of people in this country aren't good with money. I think that's another thing. No, we're not. We, we like expensive things, uh, and you've seen it. And one thing that I've learned, and I can tell you this, I am not an introvert, nor do I want to be. I do not like being in my house this much. I like going out. I like visiting businesses. I like traveling. Right. This sucks. Right. And this is like torture because small businesses, and I know right. we're going to get into this later, but 
but small businesses are getting destroyed right. because nobody's monitoring right. these monsters that are taking all their money. Because already we're seeing it uh, record numbers of frontal line privileges because people are using bots already. Day number two, and I'm hearing from small veteran-owned businesses. Our, our brothers and my brothers and sisters who fought for our country are getting denied or not getting their loans approved by big businesses like the Los Angeles Lakers are uh, putting their hand in the cookie jar. So this and, is and the problem. You know, and think about this, Eric. The long-term effect of, of keeping these people, you know, out of their everyday rituals and, and everything, you know, providing for their family, I mean, you're going to have more people die from, you know, just going crazy and suicide and psychosis than you actually will, I believe, from the virus. I think it's created okay. such a problem for so many people. Think about it. So many people, well, everybody, I mean, I'm not going to say so many people, everybody needs money to live. I mean, what's going to happen with yeah. homelessness? What's going to happen to people in poverty? I mean, it, people's lives are being destroyed. And, you know, sadly, there's a lot of these politicians out there, these governors especially, there's been a few that are actually taking action, plan together, but there's some that are have no, you know, uh, they just have no motive of, of getting their, their state back going. I mean, I'm seeing some of these Democratic-run places, and it's sick how these people just want to keep these citizens on lockdown. But praise to people like Governor Abbott. Praise to people, you know, Tennessee has opened back up. Um, uh, but Governor, Ab- Governor Abbott in Texas has done a great job. Um, you know, Mississippi is a, is a big one that just opened up. Um, what's another one that just – there's various places that in Georgia. Georgia just opened up. Yep. So it's like it, – we need to make this a federal thing. Why is, because I think obviously more states are more severe than others in cases, but but I think yeah. they're using this as a political tool. What do you think, Eric? I think this, oh. I, I don't really, I think this is something with politics, man. I mean, because there's a lot of places oh, in decline, I, and they're still not opening it back up. Roy, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, we had today, I, I interviewed uh, Dr. Michael Lewis, retired colonel. And he ran yeah. the uh, outbreak unit for the United States Army. And he, yeah. he led the SARS and the bird flu. And he was talking to me about this. He's like, what we have now is a problem that more people, everybody's going to have PTSD from this. And the problem is, is, yes, we're not saying go open New York City. Obviously, their density doesn't go. But Palm Springs, Palm Desert, y'all aren't on top of each other. Beaverton, Oregon, right. we're not on top of each other. I'm standing in my house. You know how, I, how far I have to walk to go get next to somebody? Like when I cough in my house, my, my kids hear it. So the problem, I don't get this. This is political. It's 2020. There's an election. The Democrats have a guy who's out talking to a wall right now, uh, you know, because he doesn't know who the hell he is. Biden's lost. And they they just go, it's again, they lost the impeachment. They lost in 2016. And it's let's go fry the, the president during election year and let's just keep the country locked down. And I'm going, okay, I get you don't like him. We've already covered that. We've established that. We, we got three years. You don't like him. But really killing our country is your guys' goal here. Open up the parts of the country that aren't effect, are affected like other countries have done. Australia is opening back up. Okay, the travel ban is fine. I don't mind. I don't need to travel outside the country. I get that. But open up the cities and states that aren't affected by this. Use this data. You know, the hospitals are empty right now in half the states. They're empty. Right. They're empty. Right. I mean, nurses are being right. laid off. So somebody explain to me. Please, I, I need somebody to go, Eric, it makes sense why we freaked out. Nobody can because nobody's like, oh, but I'm like, I get it first when it was rampant. We need to shut down for 15 days. Absolutely, 100% agree with the president and his team on that. 
I do not agree with the state going, mm, let's keep it going. Let's just keep it going to the end of May, June. Let's move the NFL football season. Let's do all these over-the-top things. And it's like, nope, I'm good. And I don't want one of those stupid tests. People are like, oh, did you get tested? No, I really don't want somebody sticking that thing in the back of my nose. I'm cool. I'll, I'll take my chances with coronavirus. Now, put the old people, the people who are susceptible, stay home. But not me, not my kids, not other people's kids. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, if you're susceptible, then you stay home. You make you make an adult decision. We're Americans. We live in the greatest country in the world, but we're sheltering in place like we're a third world country. It doesn't and make Eric, sense to me. You know, I was, no, I know, and I tell you, and I was reading a statistic today. you got to hear this. So the rate of death for people between 18 to 45 years old is 0.01% or 10 per 100,000. I mean, this is what we're dealing with, some of the most pettiest stuff on earth. Think about that. For, for every 10 in 100,000, that's who's dying between the ages of 18 to 45. That's nothing, 0.01. I mean, these people make it look like, especially the media, you know, they, they, they make it look like Armageddon, the way they, you know, especially CNN, MSNBC. I mean, they're saying all these crazy things, and sadly their viewers believe them, and their viewers are overly paranoid, and it's working. It's crazy. Oh. It's, it's killing the economy. And we haven't even got into the fact that it seems to be there's no regulation in sight. We have a second round of funding go out to help our small businesses. But what we learned from the first round, we're seeing again the second round. Big businesses are cheating, getting to the front of the line, taking businesses, killing small businesses. This is the Democrats' master plan, and it sucks. This is socialism being done right in front of us. And it's good to see the, the Treasury take care of it today, say, if you don't return the money by May 7th, we're going to impose some right. fines on you. But they are punishable. Right. But you know what? I'm encouraging Americans to go boycott these businesses that are doing this dirty work. It wasn't hard for me as a Blazer fan not to support the Lakers. So I already, already was already boycotting them before they took money. But, Ruth Chris, you'll never see me in your store again. Shake Shack, I liked you, but not anymore. Uh, you know, all these other businesses that did this, you lose yeah. my business when you purposely – Go kill a mom-and-pop shop for pure greed. If you have a billion dollars in the bank, you don't need to be taking money. Oh, I, abs- I absolutely agree, and we're going to get into that uh, tonight. That's, that's going to be one of the big ones because I really want to get into how twisted and how backwards. And I even talked about this on my show last week. Uh, the whole small business loans are its totally uh, orchestrated terribly. I mean, they, they put that together in such a – uh, just an unprofe- unprofessional fashion. I mean, you can't, you need to be more thorough, more careful with stuff like this. I mean, ever, anybody can just take advantage of it. It's, it's insane. But, Eric, I'm really glad you're here. Um, stay with us. I'm going to get to you right away after I get on the Rory opening ramps. Uh, but, man, big show tonight. All righty. I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us, uh, the host of the Jim Price Show, uh, very popular show, doing very well, doing big things. Uh, Jim, how are you? Welcome back. Doing good, sir. Good to hear your voice. I'm glad to see that uh, the world hasn't completely gone crazy uh, with a few patriots still holding on to the truth. What I do like, though, Rory, one of the things is this, this silent little thing going on right now that we don't talk about. Well, all the other right. things, we could talk about the virus until our faces turn blue. But one of my... Yeah most staunch, staunch Democrat gives every election, votes hard, backs everybody, literally posted, I can't take CNN anymore. 
I have to watch Fox because at least they're willing to let the president talk. And I was like, what in the world? So right now, guys, listen, maybe we're not doing the best thing in the world for this economy. Maybe we're not doing the best that we should and been as proud as we should and been as prepared as we should for this moment because if this was a test, we've all failed. We weren't prepared. We didn't have our shelter in place. We didn't have our food. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we didn't get that right. But at least right now, I'm watching Democrats actually actually stop using emotion to fight the argument, actually ask, what did you say? What do you mean it's only one ten-thousandth of a person in your state that's dying? What do you mean that it's one ten-thousandth of a penny is actually dying in your state? And they're actually asking questions because, you know, it doesn't make sense anymore to watch the regular news. And so finally, maybe, maybe in all this fiasco, we've all taken in the shorts on our finances and all the other stuff. Where we've, I haven't stopped going out. I refuse. Absolutely flat refuse. I went to our Open Up Kansas um, rally last Thursday. Had a great time. Two rows of vehicles honking their horns off like crazy. But I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not taking the warm blanket of fear they're offering me. I want to live free on my feet because I'm not going to die on my knees. I'm not going to put up with this crap, but hopefully in this moment, we're going to have that awakening that maybe we were not all thinking of is that maybe some of those silent little drones out there, those zombies are actually going to start waking up and listening to the rest of us. Hey, the government isn't your friend. And the most, and, I, and this is Rory. Let me, let me do one thing before we go, uh, you go to your rant. One of the things that I've actually yeah. said, and I can actually prove this is that, if you are a conservative, you're far more progressive than any progressive is. The, the true conservative is far more progressive because, you know what, Rory, you could do whatever you want on your property. You can do whatever you want to you, as long as I don't have to pay for it, as long as you're not taking a life, as long as I'm not involved with it, I don't have to agree with it. You do your thing, but a true conservative will say, don't spend my money, I'm not paying for your crap, and you do what you want. You're free to fail or succeed in any fashion you want. Progressives will tell you what jumpsuit you're supposed to wear every day. So honestly, the message, the narrative has been so backwards for so long, we're so used to hearing it. But in reality, a conservative will tell you, hey, it's you. That's you. You, you succeed or fail on your own steam. The government's not going to bail you out. The government's not going to tell you how to do it. You do it on your own thing. And so that's one thing I always like to talk about is we've got to get back to the Constitution, what the Constitution really means. And how it limits the government. Constitution never limits the citizens. If you look at it and you truly understand the document, read it. It's old, yeah, but get through it because it will protect you and make you a little more sane when all this insanity is going on around you. One hundred percent. No, I, I agree. I agree. Very well said, uh, Jim. Thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. I'm glad you could be here. Thank tonight. you. Uh, a lot to get into. Thank you, sir. You have a great night. Let's let's hear you. Let's hear you. So, oh, Jim, sorry. Let's just sorry, get it on. I say, let's get it on. Make sure you do your thing tonight. Let's hear what you got to say. Let's get the rant going. Let's do it. I'm excited. All righty, everybody. Um, so I'm going to get to, you know, some of the um, other headlines that we are, you know, paying attention to because we're so distracted with the corona. And uh, then I will get it directly into the whole COVID-19 corona situation. So... Um, you know, this whole Biden thing is driving me nuts. Uh, the accuser, very credible witness, 
uh, seems like actually a very nice girl, um, obviously older now, uh, worked for Biden uh, many years ago, um, reported on multiple occasions that she was sexually assaulted by him. Um, you know, this isn't something that, you know, what, and, and this, you know, this isn't something made up or anything, you know, and she's a Democrat, you know, she has nothing to gain out of this. There's no, there's no advantage for her. And she's been saying the same story uh, for what? Well, was the last 30, 20, 30 years. It's been quite some time. I don't know the exact date. Maybe somebody can quote me on that or get me the exact details, but it was some time ago. Um, and, you know, this woman's name is Tara Reid, not, not the actress. I'm sure everybody's thinking the actress, American Pie. No, not her. Uh, different Tara Reid. But, um, but, no, you know, this, this is just the whole double standard. Um, you know, the Democrats' whole agenda, their whole narrative, their whole uh, talking point, uh, especially in this last election cycle, was believe women. Believe all women. They all deserve to be heard, right? No, and we all know that's a lie. That's, a, that's their uh, hypocrisy. That's their double standard. Uh, it, it, you know, you don't believe the, the women if it, you know, if it goes against their party. But if it goes against the Republicans, absolutely believe women, 100%. Can you, I mean, this is how dirty uh, politics has become. This is how radical and how unprofessional and how unethical the Me Too movement has come. You can't half-ass anything in life. You can't pick and choose what bullshit you want to report or, you know, see, and, and then the other stuff you just pretend it didn't even happen or you didn't see it. Give me a break. Call it fair. Be, don't, don't be a, a corrupt ref. You know, if, if there's a situation, this shouldn't even be about politics. This should be about, you know, humanity. You know, rights violate somebody. And Joe Biden, this isn't the only person. We've been hearing stories for a long time, and the media purposely protects him, they, just like they protect all the Democrats, as long as they're a part of the establishment. We've obviously seen them rip people like Bernie, but that's a whole different scenario, and I, I don't want to get into that because that's a long segment, and that would be a lot to talk about. But anyways, Joe Biden, don't forget, last year, weren't there like six or seven women that came out? Media mentioned it once or twice on mainstream, you know, CNN and MSNBC. Then they never talked about it again. And then when all these – and these were actually factual situations, that these, these were credible women that, you know, these weren't made-up stories, that's for sure. They had relationships with Joe Biden, whether that was on a sexual level or a working level or personal level. These weren't just, you know, some random floozies and passing by. So – you know, and then they want to run a story with Trump repetitively over and over that's hearsay. You know, you never had any sort of credible uh, situations when these women were going after Trump. But now that you have legitimate cause and sufficient evidence for somebody like Joe Biden, you want to just throw it, just throw it under the rug, pretend it. I mean, you guys are, this is why I say journalism is dead. It was gone a long time ago. It's all about writing stories that are going to fit the network's narrative and are going to fit the money agenda. You know, they're, uh, they're one-dimensional. They're one-track-minded. They live in an alternate universe. They don't report the facts. It's all about what they can twist, what they can fabric. You know, this, it's like writing a story. Think about it as if they're writing a fictional story to, to you know, get their sheep all turned on. You know, this is really what it is. 
You know, and, and I've said this on my show many times, and I'm going to say it again. This whole getting rid of Trump, it, it, even though rational people on the left know that nothing will ever come of it, they like the idea of it. And that's why they were, I think some knew nothing was ever going to happen to Trump. He was never going to get impeached or removed, but they like the idea. They like hearing it. It's like they like to be lied to. It's like hearing what you want to hear. It's not factual. It's not the real truth. And I go back and forth. I go to all these different channels. I'm, you know what? I don't even really like Fox at, at certain times. I'm not, you know, because look at some of the people they put on there. You know, and the, the Murdoch boys, the, since the sons took over, not good. I mean, they, they don't think like their father. I can tell you that much. Their father was, you know, and I think their father still has some sort of obviously say of what goes on there, but he doesn't have the kind of authority that he once did. I know he's passed a lot of it down to his kids. And, uh, you know, people like Paul Ryan, Rhinos like Paul Ryan are on the board there. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I, I, I'm really kind of uh, leaning towards it and watching a lot more of OAN these days. And I'm sure people um, listening and people on my platform on, on the, the co-panel are, are as well. You know, OAN uh, pretty much calls it as they see it. You know, I'll tell you my favorite show uh, politically to watch. And, you know, the guy basically says it how it is. I mean, you know, there's no side. And, uh, you know, he, he's common sense. It's Tucker Carlson, and he's on Fox. And that's the only real reason I watch Fox these days are to watch people like Tucker. Sometimes I'll watch The Five, even though I hate Juan Williams. Um, sometimes I'll watch Waters World. But, uh, you know, Sean Hannity, too repetitive for me. Over and over, it's just the same thing, over dramatic. Um, but, no, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to get, obviously, too off topic with shows and channels I like. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's scary how you have somebody being so protected. I mean, oh, Joe Biden can't even count to four. Joe Biden can't even form a complete sentence. Joe Biden can't even walk up and, up and down the street without getting tired. Half the time he doesn't even know which state he's in. Um, and, you know, you have all this happening. And you know what? He may be a predator. He may he, – well, he, look at the pictures. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Imagine if Trump – was fondling, you know, women the way Joe Biden does in pitch. I mean, Joe Biden, some of the pictures with little kids, too. There's some creepy stuff. And there's multiple and multiple. It's not just one picture. Didn't just happen one time. And apparently, according to Secret Service, this guy swims naked in front of women that work in the Secret Service, and he tries to, like, show. This guy's a weird, he's a, he's a weirdo. He's a weird dude. I'm not making any of this stuff up. But how do you, how, you know, something needs to change here. Something needs to really be put in check, um, and I think it will. You know, in the, in the coming months, obviously, as we get more into this 2020 cycle, uh, there'll be more. There'll be more victims. As Joe Biden has been, he's and he's a politician. This is what bothers me about the swamp, and this is what bothers me about powerful people, is they think they can treat anybody however they want, and there's going to be no repercussions. Repercussions, and they they won't have to face the music. No, that's not how our constitution was built. That's not how our country with you know that's not what our country is, is about that's not what our principles and our and our moral morals in western civilization entail sorry you know and, and we're you know we got the right guy in there to, to crack down on this this corruption you know and i'll and i said this on my show many times and i'll say it again if it wasn't for donald trump the me too movement would have never happened and i'll tell you why he exposed many of these hollywood pedophiles he exposed many of these elites he called out a lot of these dirty donors for their bullshit and then all of a sudden all these people got 
And you know what? And there's no, they don't give him credit for that, and they should, especially these leftist, smelly, feminist women that are just complete malicious jerk-offs. But, uh, no, you know, think about that, though, guys. I mean, he, he opened a whole new door and, and all these new, you know, things that we – because if Hillary Clinton was still in there, Harvey Weinstein would not be in jail. He'd still be giving her money. Same with people like Bill Cosby, um, you know. It, it, it wouldn't end. And R. Kelly would still be raping young girls. It's true. Um, so Common Core, I really hate Common Core. Can we just get that out there, everybody? Common Core sucks. Common Core is bullshit. Common Core is a lie. Common Core is unfair. It's a slap in the face to our citizens of, of the United States. And it's drained our education system. We are lacking in so many different fields at this moment. We should be the highest on the map in every category, but unfortunately we're not. And think about all the money that gets, is supposedly gets thrown at education every year. If we're getting all that money thrown at it, then why the hell isn't it the best of the best? Where's all that money going? Oh, I know where it's going. A lot of it's going in some of these leaders and these, you know, whoever runs these schools and these politicians. I mean, it goes on and on. Where the money goes, you know, just keep it's – a, it's a dark, dark path. I'm not saying, you know, some of it doesn't go to these schools. But if you if, – if, if, if people were honest and, and D.C. and legislation was actually, you know, being real with us, I mean, just think about all the energy and time and that, – that, that's – we're America. We're supposed to be the best at everything. But, you know, unfortunately, people like China, uh, you know, and I don't want to get too off topic because it doesn't really have to do with education, but other countries own us. China, for instance, technology, medicine, trade, you know, they have a power over us in that because of special interests and all these past presidents uh, getting a piece of the back end. For all these times, we've had leaders in bed with, with some of the nastiest people. Um, but, no, getting back to this, Common Core, you know, and I love how Trump halted immigration. I'd say halt it and suspend it and get rid of it for, for as long as it takes to restore our civilization. Once we have our people working, once we have our people doing well, then come on in. But until that time, we can't. You, and just like every other country, they want to focus – you know, I think every other country should focus on their people. You know, I think a lot of other countries – especially after this whole epidemic, I think they're going to think twice about letting um, people in. People in. They, there's going to be a lot more betting. There's going to be a lot more um, skepticism. Um, you know, this, this really, I think, has put, put people's eyes in a whole new, new perspective. It really has. I mean, you know, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, we need to defund, defund a lot of these different institutions, a lot of these different places that are giving – Common Core uh, air, and they're giving them the time of day. You know, it's not good. You know, they're putting second-class citizens before our own in many different aspects. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. Public schools, with, how, with the way taxpayers fund them, they should be getting so much more. I mean, it, it's, it's absurd. Um, here's something really insane, and, and this is a fixation – one of the Democrats' new obsessions and fixations is there's a Soros-owned um, company that is now pushing Democrats to spend millions on ad on advertising for mail-in ballots in non-English languages. Yeah, you heard that right. They want mail-in ballots 
for second-class citizens that live in America that aren't necessarily eligible to vote. I mean, this is the kind of voter fraud we're dealing with, whether it's dead people voting, whether it's people voting twice, whether it's, you know, uh, illegal aliens, whether it's people, felons. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's all these loopholes. There's all these ways where Democrats will take that extra level of dirtiness to, to get what, you know, what they want. They know they can't win an honest election. They can't. Fair and square. Too many people in America have woken up to their bullshit. I mean, that's why they have to use all these different, you know, whether it's LGBT, illegals, um, you know, they put all these people in boxes and they use them as pawns uh, to to gain votes. This is what they do. You know, and think about the mail-in ballots. Think about the problem. You know, I reported on my show a couple weeks ago. In 2012, or yeah, I believe it was the 2012 election cycle. This was on Breibar. There was like 25, oh, no, maybe it, was, maybe it was since 2012 in mail-in ballot elections. There's been 25, ba- 25 million ballots that have gone missing. I'm not kidding. You guys can go look that up on Breibar. That came out about a week ago. It was either since 2012 or it was during the 2012 cycle. I think it was since 2012 because during that, that wouldn't really make any sense. I think it's been since 2012. There's been about 25 million ballots that have gone missing. And that's just one of many examples. It's insane. And, you know, we can't – and all these governors trying to make this mandatory now, I mean, it's monkey see, monkey do. We got Cuomo, Newsom, all these different people. You know, not that New York and California really matter in these elections because they usually go Democrat anyway. I mean, you know, because they're so dominated by places like L.A. and New York City who make up most of their voter blocks. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy. It, it, it is a situation where they're really trying to uh, see whatever, whatever way they can. They, they, they know they can't beat Trump. They know that. Uh, but the whole – I wanted to say quickly on the Biden thing. I didn't say earlier about the Biden thing. There was a clip, just to back up this woman's story, there was a clip in, from 1993 where her mom called into Larry King, and, and, in, and all of a sudden – it went missing recently because of this election cycle. Nobody can find it. The media is so corrupt. They don't want to make Joe Biden look bad. It's crazy. I had just had to mention that last part because I didn't get that in when I was talking about the whole Biden thing. Um, this is sick stuff, but, uh, you know, we, we coddle the Muslim religion way too much. Uh, if you read the Koran, if you know anything about the Koran, you know that what they believe in, the traits that they carry, cannot assimilate properly in American culture. Uh, their God was a pedophile. Go look it up. Not made, there's, that's not a lie either. Uh, they, we all know what they believe. If you really believe in that Koran, you know, the, the whole the terrorism act, it's, it's radical. You know, I know there's good Muslims that exist, but if you really abide by it's just like people that – you know, the Bible's great. I love the Bible. You can't say anything bad about the Bible. But the Koran, you go read some of the things in there, some of the chapters. I, and I don't know how many people actually have, but IQ al Razuli is a perfect example. He's one of my guests that's been on here before. He grew up in Iraq, and he had to escape ISIS because they wanted to kill him for converting to Christianity because he knew then after seeing the Koran and seeing this whole Muslim culture that Islam had nothing good. Nothing good. To, there's nothing good. And, um, you know, that, that's, the, that's how tolerant these people are. If you try, this is, this is the kind, they're monsters. They are. But anyways, the New York City, 
Don't forget, New York City is the place where 9-11 happened, obviously. Over 3,000 deaths during 9-11 from that same religion. But over the weekend, during Ramadan, New York City gave a half a million meals to Muslims. A half a million. Why didn't they give out uh, meals to Catholics on Easter? Why didn't they give out meals to Jews on Passover? Why, why, are, why are we making all these special favors and all these special treatments for Muslims? You know what? And, you know, we, we see, you know, whatever we want to get into about this religion, you know, whether, whether it's they throw gays off buildings for being gay, whether their brides can't show their face at the wedding, whether, you know, what, whatever. I mean, these people, these people are, are and I don't, you know, it, it's, it's hard to talk about because after 9-11, you know, we laid the smack down in certain ways, but it seems ever since this PC culture took over, we've really have not, they haven't been taking accountability. It's like they get away with so much, especially on tech, on online platforms. If you say anything about Islam, you will be banned. They don't let anybody talk about Islam. You know, it makes me wonder, because look at all the money in Saudi Arabia. Look at all the money around. And maybe they control a lot of big tech. Who knows? I mean, I've read certain things, so maybe, you know, I don't know. But it's, it's crazy. It's like these people, these Democrats, and obviously New York City run by Democrats giving these out to Muslims, de Blasio, de Blasio, and, and, you know, he's terrible. He's a communist. We know that. But sick, sick stuff, really sick. Um, so Chinese media, so actually that's, that's part of the corona. I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, so everybody's offended these days. Everybody with PC culture, it never ends. Somebody's always got to find a way to complain. Somebody's always got to find a way to get their name in the paper. Somebody's always got to find a way to shut some business down or do some cancel culture bullshit. But anyways, there, there was an army chaplain that was doing a coronavirus prayer, and they pulled the video because Facebook, somebody on Facebook, some leftist snowflake was offended by it. People are getting offended by Christianity when that well, that's the religion that our country was founded upon. Over 70% of Americans, 70% are Christian. You're going to get it. You're going to try. We're going to let some minority, some, some atheist or some asshole tell us and, and, and get us kicked off when, when we should be dominating. I mean, this is, this is sin. This is sick. This is, this is a Christian nation. I don't care what anybody says. You're never going to convince me ever, any other way, especially when you had over 70% of people that are Christian. You, we should be able to uh, – you know what? We, have, we, are, we are the majority. You guys are – you know, it's like these atheists. And, you know, I see all these different, you know, people that are, are, are trying to comment and trying to, you know, say that Christians are bigots. No. You atheists are the bigots for trying to get involved and trying to change and rewrite history because you don't agree with something. You guys are pussies. You got to sit behind a computer and make little reports. Wimps, soy boys. Um, let's see here. So this week, this is big. Your hands, baby, because we're getting to the bottom. Of all of the big stuff, Michael Flynn, there's evidence that he was completely framed. I believe he's going to get exonerated, and this is just the beginning of what A.G. Barr and our boy Durham are working on behind closed doors, baby. I mean, this is big, big stuff. You know, we are draining the swamp. We are 
showing the truth. We are shining light on what really happened and this phony witch hunt and people like James Comey and Brennan and Mueller. And, and this is, you know what? I can't wait for all these other revelations and all these other people that they did, that they did wrong, including Roger Stone. You know, all these people, it had nothing to do with Trump. You know, and, and we're, 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 we're getting this – is, this is something like never seen before in terms of leadership. No other leader would go to this extent of, you know, cracking the code uh, like our president has. I mean, he's, he's going all out, you know, and he's not – oh, that's why. All these other leaders, for the most part, in recent history uh, were puppets, and they were limited to what they could do. Got to love it. You got to love it, man. This is just the, the adrenaline right now. Um, oh, uh, Hunter, speaking of uh, the Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, he still owns 10% of the Chinese bank, of, of 10% of the Chinese firm. Remember that firm that he said he was going to resign from and get off during that interview and when they put the spotlight on him and they made him tell his story and they, they kind of, you know, put him under pressure? But, you know, obviously, just like anything, stories go away. New, new, you know, things develop. Articles come out that over, you know, just kind of over, you know, overpower, overshadow whatever, you know, the previous thing was. So this hasn't really got much attention. So I, his mindset might be, oh well, you know, they're not talking about it. They're not doing anything about it. So I, I still want to collect my money because I don't think he has any intention or any motive or, or, um, you know, I, I, he's not going to. There's no way. He thinks his dad is going to win. They're under the delusion, I believe, that Joe Biden is going to prevail and get past Trump in 2020, which is never going to happen. And that's what China's praying for because they know the Bidens are compromised. The, the Bidens are owned by China. Think about, the, think about the deal that Hunter got. No previous experience, nothing. The guy goes over there and gets this huge loan from a Chinese bank. It's crazy, isn't it, guys? Doesn't this blow your mind? Um, okay, so China, you know, one thing after the other with the Chinese media. Now they're threatening a lawsuit against the U.S., blaming us because we're going after them for the coronavirus. Now they're trying to go after us for something that happened 30 or 40 years ago, AIDS. They're trying to sue us for AIDS, which – we didn't start, first of all. They're claiming we were the ones that started AIDS, which is not true. This is just silly. These people are deflecting as much as possible. Um, I can't even believe And they're responding, I think, to the lawsuit that was coming out of Missouri because Missouri was going after them for the Wuhan virus because, you know, I think Missouri kind of suffered a little bit with their people. So, you know, Missouri was one of the, the I think, the only state at this point that filed, filed a lawsuit against China. But China, you know, is playing the victim. You know, they're playing these little, these little children that didn't get their way, so they have to pout, and then they got to point the finger and make up all these lies. I mean, why the hell are you bringing something up from all these years ago that we, you know, we all know where AIDS came from, and it wasn't America. So shut up. You know, that's, that's stupid, man, stupid. What are we dealing with right now? We're, we're dealing, you know, this is, oh, my God. Get to the bottom, I mean, of things. Seriously, I mean, I don't, I'm sick of these people making these ignorant, dumb statements. President Trump, you know, the whole immigration pause, by the way, really screwed over these visa programs 
for Chinese investors. And I love this, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of these Chinese investors, and this was in the article today, have been using their influence and their power and their money to buy citizenship, buy seats, inside trading. I mean, you name it, China has had so much influence over Washington, D.C. for the longest time. And this halt on immigration really kind of uh, gets in the middle of that and really uh, interferes. So you've got to love it, applaud it, taking care of our own people. Um, and, and Trump made a really good point. I think this was yesterday on Twitter. He mentioned why should America bail out poorly run states? And he's absolutely right. Why should we bail out places like California or New York that spend ridiculous amounts of money on illegal aliens, on abortion after nine months, on, you know, tranny surgeries, on, you know, putting chicks with dicks in classrooms, whatever you want to say. I mean, do they spend your money on some of the most ridiculous nonsense on the face of the earth? And they, they should absolutely, and they always want to say that, you know, when it comes time to central authority, oh, no, we're state. We make our own rules. We play by, well, if that's the case, then why don't you pay for your own shit and stop it? Because that's just unfair. Because you guys can be, you think you can be as reckless, as dangerous as you want to be, and then not pay the piper. Doesn't seem fair to me, guys. Does not seem fair. You know, it's sick. Look at places like Washington State, California, New York, some of the most highest homeless epidemics on earth, and they're not doing a damn thing about it. You know, they give all this money to welfare, they give all this taxpayer money away, and then they, they, they just want more of it, so then they can add on to their radical Democrat agenda what it is crazy crazy times i will say that guys um and you know what i'm so sick of the race baiting i mean you just shut shut the fuck up already excuse my french but shut the fuck up the race baiting has to stop you know we had the atlanta mayor blaming donald trump and his support and her she blaming donald trump and his supporters for her getting a random racist text. Yes, you heard that right. The female mayor of Atlanta, black woman, blaming Trump and supporters, even though we don't even know who sent her the racist text, blaming it on us. I mean, it's like, it's like so easy, you know, these days for so many people because of the color of their skin and what, what we've turned into with PC culture and how we've it, it's so it, it's so just out of control. I mean, can you imagine somebody going on air ten years ago and saying something like this? Regardless of a party affiliate party affiliation, they wouldn't have been looked at seriously. But now you can come out and be whatever. You can come out and be a unicorn if you want. You can be a hundred different genders. I mean, anything applies today's society. This is how out of control we become. Um. Okay. Uh, let's get into the Corona stuff. So I'm really uh, with a lot how these small businesses support they're they're claiming to be small businesses and and they qualify supposedly. This is how out of place and unstructured and unprepared they were with, with sending out this money. You've got Ruth Chris Steakhouse who has hundreds and hundreds of employees, millions and millions of dollars. Um, Witch Witch, which was a sandwich place, they got money. Um, Shake Shack got money. Uh, the L.A. Lakers, who's one of the richest organizations on the face of the earth, got money. How is 
and you've got people that are closing shop because they can't stay open that actually classify as a small business, but for some reason aren't getting paid or aren't getting uh, financial assistance. It's absolutely sick because the real force and drive of this country are small businesses, are entrepreneurs. You know what? And we have all these people, these corporates, and I consider, you know, I mean, think about it recently. There were so many other ones that, that you, oh, oh, people like Harvard, USC. USC, by the way, is worth billions of dollars with a B, and they took $20 million endowment. No, 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 my bad. I said endowment wrong. I wanted to say they have a $5 billion with a B endowment, but they took a $20 million loan from, what, from, what, from the system from this whole corona thing. Same with Cornell. Same with, same with Harvard. I think Harvard gave it back, though. But, I mean, guys. What are we dealing with? Some of the richest organizations on earth taking a very small amount of money compared to what they have in the bank and when other people desperately need it. What, what is the small business failure at now? Is it at like 12, 13% in the America? I mean, so many people have had closed shop uh, since this whole thing has taken place. I'm not going to say so many people, but there's been a, a handful. You'd be surprised. And you know what? Sadly, there's people acting like it's 2008 all over, but I don't think it is. Obviously, this is a slight disruption. We're going to have some setbacks. Um, but, yeah, but I, 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 I feel for so many people people right now, 70, 75% of people are hurting. I would say 75% is fair to say. You know, and, and I, think, I think a lot of people, whew, God, I, I just, and I don't know, you know, we need to have a really, well-detailed, thorough plan once this opens back up for how, you know, people can recoup. I mean, you know, banks are really going to have to, and they have been stepping up, but they're going to have to do more uh, for, for small businesses. You know, I, and I'm not for bailouts. I don't want to, we don't want to bail out banks, but, uh, you know, we have, God, I mean, this is, this is, this is crazy. And the airlines want to bail out. Jesus. I mean, it never ends, and we all know they want to do the buyback stock options. But I will say, you know, you look at these banks and you look at these airlines and they hire, these corporations hire millions of people. They are the reason a lot of our economy is so good. Um, but, you know, small businesses are a big impact, make a big impact as well. Uh, but I want, I want to mention some of this corona stuff. Giuliani uh, went on a show the other day. And he said Fauci gave – listen to this. Dr. Fauci gave $3.7 million to the Wuhan laboratory in 2014. That's right. You heard that. In 2014, Dr. Fauci gave $3.7 million to them. Dr. Fauci is also the same guy a couple of years ago at Georgetown University saying within the next couple of years there's going to be an epidemic that comes out, a pandemic, whatever you want to – whatever. He said that there's going to be, you know, by 2020. Bill Gates just said the other day he's been preparing for two years for this kind of situation with putting stacks of food in his pantry in his basement. Bill Gates has been praising China for their response and how they've been handling uh, things. China has lied to us every single step of the way. They maliciously let that virus out because we beat them on trade, and they've never been, you know, slammed this hard in the ass by any leader. I mean, this guy, Donald J. Trump, took them to town. I mean, you talk about a hard 
hardcore gangbang, excuse my French, I mean, he really, he really gave them the music and made them face the music. This was hardcore. I, I, and you want to talk about giant fat balls? You want to talk about a guy who was invincible and can create the impossible? It's Trump. And you know what I believe him when he says, we, we created the biggest economy once, we'll do it again. You know, and China, how dirty, though? You know, and, and I can't help but to think any other way. Um, I, I don't think this was an accident. I mean, because every, everything I look at with, with who's been funding the Wuhan lab, Bill Gates, Fauci, and now they're in Trump's cabinet, I'm sorry, Trump, but, you know, you say you hire – you know, I love you. I, you know, I'm your biggest fan, Trump. I'm your biggest fan. But you got to be careful. You say you hire the best people around you, you've had to clean house quite a bit, buddy, since you've been in there. I mean, you are by far the best president ever. 80% of promises delivered within three years, absolutely incredible. But, you, you know, and I'm not blaming you 100% for this, for the people you surround yourself with, because there's a lot of people stepping into your ear. And, uh, you know, uh, Trump's, Trump, Trump knows, though. He's seeing what's going on. I believe Trump has a plan, a deep plan. I really do. And, uh, you know, we just, we really need to uh, really focus and really pay close attention because we're, in the coming days, it's going to be pretty interesting, I, I think, some of the things we're going to find out. Um, let's see here. And we have a lot of guests coming on tonight. I'm very excited. Big show. Um, a, lot, a lot of fun. But um, so the, the whole pandemic thing, you know, the media last week, they made a huge deal about the whole Lysol thing. You know, they, they, took, they blew it way out of proportion. They, they, they fabricated it at every single turn. They literally aren't that dumb. But they, they know their people that watch CNN. They know their people that watch are dumb. So they're going to put a story out like that. Yeah, yeah, really. Really, guys, you really think the president told us to inject ourselves with Lysol? Are you guys that Freaking naive and that gullible and that dumb. And Trump even came out the next day and said, I, I said that just to see how you guys would react. And I was absolutely right. You guys took the bait. You guys are fake news. They are fake. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Absolutely insane. I mean, where is journalism gone? Completely down the gutter. Completely down the gutter. Good Lord. I mean, I, you know, I know Trump says stuff sometimes that he probably shouldn't say, but go back and watch the video. They edited the hell out of this on multiple occasions. And I'm not, I mean, you look at, very, you know, certain things that, you know, just trust me on this. And, and they even did a fact check on some honest outlet that he did not say that directly. It was, it was not, it was not, oh, my God. And Lysol, we all know why Lysol came out and made a statement. Because Lysol is not they're not, in Amer- they're not for America. They're not pro-America. Look it up. They are leftists. They've donated to those or- bad organizations. And they, they wanted to make Trump look bad. They did. I mean, Lysol's not dumb either. They don't have dumb written on their forehead. Jesus, guys. Good Lord. But I want to get to everybody on my panel. Um, I, wa- I want to say we got a lot of people coming on. A former deputy assistant to President Reagan and the chief of staff to the first lady, Nancy Reagan, uh, James Rosebush, will be joining us. We'll also be having fitness guru and business mogul, David Morin. 
who's been on many different channels, uh, media outlets, team covers. Uh, we'll also be having microbiologist Dean Hart, uh, popular columnist Kevin Mooney, uh, popular talk show host Diana Ploss. Uh, I want to get to right now, I want to make sure he's with us. Um, we have former Deputy Assistant to President Reagan, the Chief of Staff to First Lady Nancy Reagan, James Rosebush. James, how are you? James, are you there? Give me a second. Give me one second. James, are you with us? I'm with you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, James, how are you? Welcome to the Rory Sutter Show. Glad to have you here. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I'm, I'm right with you, man. I was just listening to everything that you were saying, and I'm in 100% agreement with you. Thank you, my friend. Well, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Obviously, first time on the program. Uh, you've had quite the resume. You lived quite the life. You worked for the Ronald Reagan and Nancy. Man, that, that must have been an unbelievable experience. And uh, you've done a lot of other things, too. Well, what a great honor, though, to be in the White House for six years, travel the world with the Reagans, and learn a million lessons from Ronald Reagan about how to conduct oneself as a conservative and how he was – his conviction was that he was placed in this role to bring freedom to freedom-loving people wherever he could find them, anywhere around the world, for one reason, and that was to give them the freedom to, to worship God because he knew unless they lived under a, a democratic form of government that afforded them the freedom to do so, they would never be able to have a relationship with God. And Reagan, although he didn't talk about it in explicit terms, he shared this goal with me. And it, this was, you know, together with uh, John Paul II and, and also with Luck Valesa and Margaret Thatcher, they formed a, a powerful force against this evil in the world, which, again, has just exploded in, in the war we're, with, we're in now. You know, people talk about what's, what's coming in the future. We're at war with China right now. This, this is what people have to face up to. And I think that when you ask yourself, which, which we're all asking, like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? I'll tell you, I, look, I turn and, and look at this situation in a way positive. I think this has awakened the world to actually keep us from going into an actual war with China. It has enlightened the rest of the world to what China's stated objectives are to dominate the world. No, I, I agree. I agree, and I think this is – you're right. I think this has really woken us up uh, to many different things. It's uh, allowed people to reflect, spend more time with family, uh, maybe, you know – you know, do certain things that were on the back burner, pursue certain dreams, hobbies. You know, uh, I, I think, um, you know, sometimes in life, I've never seen this ever. I've never seen a whole economy shut down, but God has a plan. And, you know, and everybody, everything in life happens for a reason. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, like you said, an awakening. I, I think we're seeing a lot of different information that we would have not have seen otherwise, you know. Well, it's it's painful and it, it's terrible for families who have lost loved ones. That is absolutely true. But rather than right. calling it the great shutdown, I'm calling it the great awakening. People's eyes right. and people that matter, uh, their eyes are being open to the fact that we must protect our, our own borders. We must protect our own people. And we're going to have to take steps 
to uh, immeasurable steps to make sure that the uh, communist domination of China, which is already it's plain for everyone to see, it's published, it's a 100-year plan to take over the rest of the world. And we cannot allow that to happen. I, I certainly don't want my grandchildren and their children to live under communist domination. So I certainly want to do everything I can to just like in the pattern of what Ronald Reagan did. He had such strongly held beliefs, and he cared that much about not only the American people, but freedom-loving people, wherever he could find them, wherever, you know, wherever we went in the world. I have to tell you this, and this is what uh, Trump, and I'm always asked, you know, oh, compare Reagan and Trump. Well, I'll tell you one of the great similarities. They both of them feel that if they could get their message unfettered and unfiltered by the media directly to their constituents, that they would be able to convince them of anything. So everywhere we went, when he went to Moscow, he, he spoke to students at Moscow University. When we went to China, we went into the collective farms, talked to the farmers, wherever we could go, Europe, Latin America, uh, Asia, wherever we went, Ronald Reagan's desire was to talk to the people. And that's exactly what you, what you see with Trump. Trump wants to talk. He wants to get his message uh, directly to the American people. And I, I hear people say to me, well, you know, I'm so proud of Trump. I, I love Trump and I support Trump because he's saying exactly what I would say if I were in his position. But I can't. So he's representing his base and how they feel about the media and these other things. And that's why I brought out this new book, Amazon uh, number one bestseller. It's only been out for two weeks called Winning Your Audience. And it talks about how you can become, you know, as conservatives, we need to become a lot more effective as speakers and really defending our cause and our conservative values and principles. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. And, and don't you agree that Ronald Reagan, if Twitter was around back in the 80s, Reagan would have absolutely been on there connecting with his audience and his base because think about how Trump really, you know, delivers uh, just the pro the proper messages. I mean, because the news doesn't do it. You know, he needs to have some relationship and, and you know, accurate uh, information uh, being, you know, directed towards his, his fans and, and the people that support him. Well, I can tell you the you know? facts, man. This is this is what happened. So Reagan yeah. wanted to find an avenue to communicate directly with the American people. So he created a Saturday morning radio address, and that was designed, and it couldn't be interrupted. That message was designed to go out directly to the American people, unfettered and unfiltered by the media. He also was the second highest in his presidency. He gave more addresses directly from the Oval Office to the American people. Again, this is talking heart-to-heart -heart with the American people. This is what he believed in doing, delivering his message to the American people. And that's why he was called the great communicator. That's why he was called the Teflon president, because he had no ego. He had no ego in the fight. What he had in the fight was his belief in the value of American principles. And the importance of value, not just to the Ameri uh, of the American values, not just to the American people, but remember what he said when he left uh, the, the White House in his address from the Oval Office. He said, I don't think I've ever explained what I meant when I talked about the shining city on a hill. And then he went on to describe it. And he said, if that light grows dim, the rest of the world will go into chaos. 
And that's exactly what happens when the light of American values and, and freedoms go, go uh, dim, then the rest of the world goes into chaos. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And no, 100%. I love that. I love that. It's almost like Reagan, you know, it's wow. Wow. You know, the way he, 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 it's same kind of thing, you know, same, same way Trump uses Twitter. Reagan created that whole radio thing. That's beyond fascinating. I love that. Um, So I want to ask you, so tell us, obviously times have changed. Things are different now. You know, there, there wasn't social media back in the day and you only had a few channels and, you know, your time in the white house compared to how Washington is now, how would you describe it? Well, there are two sides of that. I have, I have to tell you something. And I wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal that said we had protests, too. People forget. We, we were actually, you know, Reagan was at that time called the most conservative president that America had ever had. And I would tell you that every single place we went, we were faced with difficult, challenging protests. I mean, we had people who wanted to throw blood, bottles of blood on us. Every single place we went in the world, there were protests. Uh, against our, our motorcades, against the president. And I would say night and day, up in the family quarters, you, you would stand out. Uh, I mean, you would look out the, the north portico of the White House, and what would you see in Lafayette Park? You would see people out there with drums and instruments and chanting. You don't even see that today. So, you know, this, this is people forget history all, all too quickly. So Ronald Reagan, first of all, Ronald Reagan had all kinds of protests. And, and secondly, I would say on the other side of it, the left has become so bold and so adamant about changing American values, basic American values, that we needed a president who would push back. We, we, we had right. enough presidents who were just moderates and they were just they were just they would fall down. You know, a leftist would would stand up and, and profess all of these, you know, un- unbelievable things, uh, uh, leftist agenda, but who is fighting for us? That's why, that's why people love Trump. He's fighting for us. I will tell you, Trump, if you say, okay, what's going to happen to our economy? I'll tell you one thing. You think Trump is going to fail? You think Trump is going to fail? Oh, my gosh. He's he, a perfectionist. He is not a person. He's a perfectionist. You know, who he does anything. No. Who, yeah. Who do you want? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. Who do you want to have in your foxhole with you? Who do you want to have there? Someone is someone is going to save your life because they want you know Absolutely. Trump is not going to go down. I can tell you that he is the person you right. want to be next to in the foxhole, right? Because you know why? Because he's a fighter. He's a fighter. Absolutely. That, that, Absolutely. That's exactly that is exactly who we need. We've had enough moderates and and we've had enough people who pander to the left. What what why do we need to do this? I I, I don't hate. Anyone who's anyone who has any kind of political belief at all, but I right. do love. On the other hand, I do love the values that will assure that my generations after me right. will enjoy the freedom that I've enjoyed. Well, absolutely, and we look at we look at you know how back in the day, Ronald Reagan, Tip O'Neill was the House Speaker. And he was a Democrat, and they could work together. They got they got stuff done. But you look at today, Nancy Pelosi, they won't even work with the Republicans. I mean, it, it's become such an environment of of division and hostility and anger and, and violence and just like 
you can't make this stuff up. It's crazy, you know? Well, I think that their their whole platform has become so radicalized that it's difficult to actually have a conversation with them. I mean, Reagan could could work with Tip O'Neill largely because uh, they were seasoned politicians and they were not driven by ego, number one. But number two, the stakes weren't as high. They, I mean, Tip O'Neill was not professing the kinds of things that you see coming out of uh, socialists today that want to transform our country. So I think that that's why, you know, it doesn't bother me so much. People will say, oh, you know, the, our country is divided. Our country is not divided. It, it, it just happens to be that we have differing political views of where our country should go. We are united as Americans. Look what's happening today. The kind of love and support for our neighbors, for healthcare providers, for people in hospitals. You know, this, this is, you, you see all this stuff all day long. There, there's a tremendous amount of love and support for each other. It's just when it comes to political viewpoints of how best to help poor people, how best to help minorities, how best to, to uh, really provide uh, economic prosperity to everyone. I'm a person, I'm a conservative who's for the poor. I want everyone to have a job. And look, look what Trump did. Look what Trump did. The lowest unemployment for uh, African-Americans, for women, for Hispanics, and for all Americans. This, the, the most important thing you can do for a person is, is to give them a job. But the reason there is so much uh, opposition to Trump is because he's so successful. No, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. No, yeah, that's so true. And he's, he's exposing all their special interests and their dirty donors and everything they've been getting away with for the longest time. And you've got, you got to love it. And I want to ask you, you know, speaking of all the protests and what Reagan had to deal with, and obviously Secret Service, you know, nowadays is more, you know, um, it's more just um, – uh, it's bigger because obviously technology is more evolved. It, it's more, you know, sophisticated. It, it, it's stronger. It's more powerful. But back in the day, were you with Reagan when that crazy guy uh, shot him, almost killed him? Were you were you working at that point with Reagan? And then locked I was, that guy but up. I wasn't. At, I was, but I was not at that event that day. So, but you know, but when I heard about it. Over, over the radios, I, I, was, I was obviously mortified. I was not up at the hotel. But, you know, the, these, you, you can say what you want about, um, you know, hatred and division and that sort of thing. I mean, look at Reagan. How, how can you say that to Reagan? I mean, he, he faced, uh, you know, he, he was one of, of uh, three to four presidents in American history that had been faced with the, the ultimate threat of death. Yeah. And yeah. this is, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. So I think that uh, our whole system of how we talk to each other, how we negotiate these things, it's, you know, I take it, having been there, okay, I take it with a grain of salt. I understand the, the media in the, in the briefing room. I understand they have one job. You know what that job is? That job is to break a story and to create controversy. That's what news has become. News hasn't become reporting facts of the day. News has become how you get a scoop and how you sell advertising and how you sell airtime. And there's a strongly held belief 
and there's so much competition in the media that what you need to do is you need to trip up a politician or a head of a company or something like that. You've got to find a story. So I get it. I get what they're doing. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I, I get what they're doing. You know, and I think in a way Trump, he obviously he antagonizes them and, and he inflames the controversy with them. And, you know, I, I would say, I, you know, Reagan did not believe in doing that. Reagan believed in leaving the media alone not antagonizing them. Well, it's a different time. And, and uh, you know, I think that Trump, by doing that, he represents what a lot of his base wants him to do. But I, I get what they're trying to do. It, it's, a, it's gamesmanship. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. No, 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you, what, you know, after, after everything we've seen and, and everything, you know, just, just in recent in recent, you know, times, and, and with with the whole deep state, were, were they were they putting as much pressure on Reagan to remove him? Do you think as they are with Trump? I mean, do you think do they do they find Reagan as much of a threat as Trump in terms of you know like with how Trump is restoring America? You know, he's not owned. Um, him and Reagan are very similar in that way. What what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think Reagan gave him as many handles to be able to do that, but absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the most critical things they did to hurt Reagan was to create a villain out of Nancy Reagan. And, you know, she was, they just went after her with a vengeance because if they couldn't get him because he was a Teflon president, they went after his wife. And I'll tell you how much that hurt the president. Uh, when you, he, he was, you know, they had such a, a wonderful relationship and a bond and it, it's true with any any couple. If if your spouse or your partner is you know being devastated in the media, what are you going to do? Stand by and, and see that happen? So that was a way that they went after Reagan. That was just one of the ways they went after Reagan. Another way was Reagan repeated his core beliefs over and over and over again. And they you know and especially like when he said called uh, the Soviet Union the evil empire. Well, of course. Six other presidents before him had called the Soviet Union the evil empire, but they landed on Reagan and criticized him for saying it. Why? You know why? Because he actually believed that the, the Soviet system was evil for the Russian people, and he actually believed in it. So it, it wasn't just a political artifice. So it was something that you know, he had these deeply held beliefs. And uh, the media, of course, tried to get to him. And I sat with him in front of the evening news many times. And here's the thing with Reagan. He was conflict averse. He was a kind person. He had no ego in the fight. So he didn't care what you thought of him. He was an unusual. And I learned something about great leadership. And that is that if you don't have an ego in the fight, then there's nothing for someone to hold on to to antagonize you. So, Reagan, I want to tell you one thing important to remember and read this. In You've got to get my two books, True Reagan and Winning Your Audience, just out, Amazon number one bestseller. And I'm telling you that in uh, there you'll hear me describe a lot of these stories. But Reagan left the White House just the way he came in, with no ego. He had a saying on his desk, on a hand tool leather uh, plaque and it said there's no limit to what a man can do or how far he can go if he doesn't care who gets the credit now just think about that for a minute if you don't 
today it's all about promoting me. You know, it's it's all about your personal brand. It's how great you are, all that kind of stuff. Reagan, Reagan right. wasn't that way at all. He didn't care. Right. He didn't care what you thought. Now, how many people today do you know that are like that? He was more interested in American principles, conservative values, than he was in himself. So he didn't, you know, that that's, again, that's why he was called the Teflon president. We need more leadership like that. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, your book, speaking of your book, you've had Rudy Giuliani say great things about it. Larry Kudlow left a great review. You've got some of the biggest players on earth uh, giving you high praise and, and, and saying how, you know, wonderful of a, of a uh, you know, storyteller and, and, and biography writer you are, and you really put everything, you know, out on the table, everything into perspective, shine light on a lot of different things from your, your time with Reagan. And uh, I read that you're, uh, you've you been the CEO for the last 20 years of um, a company that's called Growth Strategy. Tell everybody about that before you go. I do have to let you go soon, but I want to get you back. I love talking to you. I could talk to you all day. I love it. I love it. I could talk to you all day. Have me back. I'd be happy to. So uh, growth strategy. So my passion is growing companies and organizations. So what, what I do is companies hire me and they say, hey, we want you to grow our business. It could be globally. It could be anywhere. We want you to acquire companies for us. We want you to figure out a strategy, how we can grow our, grow our business, which is defined by sales, profits, earnings, equity value, or goodwill. And that's what I did. I've done it for over 400 organizations. Uh, globally. And it, it's wonderful. But I like to give a lot of speeches and write books. And I have had columns on Business Insider and on Real Leaders Magazine, which is the Young Presidents Organization. And, uh, you know, I, li- I like to talk about my experience with, with Reagan because and people love to hear these stories. And that's what I've got in True Reagan is the book that tells about Ronald Reagan from the inside out. It's the only book it, that we, you will ever, you ever read about Ronald Reagan's true values, beliefs, and his, his, core, his core instincts. And then winning your audience will tell you how you can be a great speaker like Ronald Reagan. This book is being called the new Bible of how to communicate. I love it. I love it, man. Well, I, lo- I love everything you're doing. And you've had a very promising career, and it sounds like you have a lot of great things that uh, you're working on and a lot of, a lot, you know, two good books out that people need to read. And, um, and thank you so much for all you do for all these small businesses and different people. And, you know, obviously giving back with, with everything you've learned uh, in your life. And it's, uh, it's really a, a, a real uh, special treat. I'll tell you. Hey, right back at you. It's an honor to be on your program. Absolutely, and tell everybody uh, social media how they can get in contact with you. Sure, you can reach me on uh, impactspeakercoach.com, impactspeakercoach.com, or growthstrategy.us. Just go on those sites. All my content information is there, or, of course, on LinkedIn if, if you're on that, or, you know, I'm on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So you can find me. You can you can. See me on YouTube. You can, you know, Google me. You, you can hear what I have. You know, I give speeches all over the place, and it's a lot of fun. It's not about me. It's about the America I love and the great president that I served. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, sir. We'll get you back soon. Uh, have a great night, and really, really thank you for all the great insight. Right back at you, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely.
All righty. I want to go to um, – let's go to uh, TV shows. TV show host Eric Mitchell. Eric, I know you have a lot you want to say. Go ahead, buddy. The floor is yours. <laughs> wow. I, what an honor coming on after uh, <clears throat> someone who served with one of my favorite presidents uh, ever. Uh, I'm flattered. Awesome. That was one of the best interviews I've heard in a long time, getting insight on Reagan and always hearing that comparison between our president and President Reagan. Outstanding. But, you know, earlier you covered something, uh, and I'd love to drive the point home. You were talking about the small business loans, right, that have been put forward that are for payroll protection and to help our small businesses that were caught completely off guard by the coronavirus shutdown, this you know, socialist movement that we've been going through to shut everything down, these small mom-and-pop shops, one to two people, these diners that we like to go to, these small Italian places, you know, your mechanic, all the people that we want to support, you know, they're the ones trying to get these loans, and these big businesses get front-of-the-line privileges. They're using bots. They're putting the paperwork in. Today the president announced that over $50 billion had already been sent out in 48 hours. Think about that. I know people, veteran-owned businesses that were declined or, or they're still going through the process, and they're figuring how they're going to go, what their next steps are. I had somebody on the phone with me, <laughs> excuse me, crying because they don't know what they're going to do. They're like, I don't know. I, I don't, I've kept my employees here. I was counting on this. We qualify. We're this. And then I look over, and here's these big businesses on this list, the Lakers, worth $5 billion, and they have the nerve to take $5 million. And here's the problem, Rory, and this is the real issue that we have with this. Is that money? Because there's a lot of people, and mainstream media spins it to make it all fluffy and soft for us. Because you know, Americans, we can't take bluntness. Uh, it's unfortunate, but you know, mainstream media dumbs it down for us. CNN's there, you know, Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo having their hug fest every day, and they're like, "Oh, but Shake Shack and and the Lakers and all these people, they gave the money back." Well, newsflash: that money doesn't go to the loan system. It goes back and it goes into the system to the treasury. It doesn't get put back into the system. It doesn't count as fresh money. It's, and so it's that only a publicity taken. stunt when they do that because they know yep. damn well that it's not going to go back and help anybody. They do it to make themselves look good. Because it was a PR nightmare for them. They look like scumbags because we all found out. So what are we going to go? Go support those places? No, if I was those places, I'd start thinking about, oh, I don't know if people are going to come back. But again, we're living for this stuff. You know, so there's one point I have for you. But here's my biggest one. And, and you've been a guest on our show, so you're familiar with one of the guests that we had on our show, the amazing Josh Phillips who did a documentary on what went on in China, right, coronavirus. Do you know that he's had uh, 12 million, almost 20 million people have viewed this video? It was on Facebook. It was on our Facebook page. Uh, a lot of people shared it. You know Facebook took it down over the weekend? They said it was fake news. So they're supporting the Chinese, and this is the problem we have in our country, is we're not prepared to cut off China. We have our technology giants that are puppets for China, and that is the biggest thing that we've learned in this quarantine is people don't like the president, and we are so codependent <clears throat> and being breastfed by China that we can't get our medicine here. Ninety-five percent of our medical supplies come from China and India. Small problem that they can price gas you know what out of us, and we know half of it's defective. But Americans are still buying China. Nobody wants to go support America, and they point the finger, right? There's finger pointing. And I have no problem buying American. I'll, I'll support an American business. Make your product here. Stop supporting China. 
But is America ready to do what China did? Uh, not China, Japan did. Cut China off. No more manufacturing. I mean, and that's our big question, Roy. I mean, do you think, I'll, I'll toss it back to you. Like, do you think America's ready for that? I mean, personally, as an American, I don't think so because I see people like, uh, it's just China, it's closed. It's, I'm like, you're medicine. We are dependent. The first key days of the coronavirus, we found out China had all of our stuff. We sent material to China. They bought it. We bought it back from them. I mean, how weird is that? It's like, hey, I'm going to sell you my Xbox, but make sure you uh, – I'm going to buy it back to you for five times what I sold it to you for. That doesn't make sense to me. So it's, it's, No, you're yeah. absolutely right. And No, you're right. You're, you're 100% right. And I think for the longest time, um, this whole special interest and the dirty donors and the politicians in Washington – uh, they're they're in bed with China. I mean, they, 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 this has been going on for years and years, and China has manipulated every every single possible way they can, you know. And they take advantage of our system, and they want every last little dollar out of us. And if they don't get their way, they start making these threats that you know they'll they'll and they 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 definitely they don't know how to act. And all these leaders. Have, have been, you know, compromised by these people uh, because of the, the, the financial hush money that, that's being handed yep. out. Because China, you know, why else would China have all this power, all this advanced equipment? Why would we depend on them for so many things? This, this is something that the U.S. years ago, when politicians started getting in bed with China, think, you know, it, it's, just, it's not – there's been some good deals with China since Trump came in, but there's been so much damage and deals in the past that were not good for we the people that only advanced certain administrations' agenda with, with money. I mean, money. I mean, you know, it's not yeah. – and here's my problem is that I think, you know, I don't know how. I don't know, you know what, what's the whole plan with how we get you know, immediately out of China for our manufacturing and depending on them, but something needs to happen. And, and I know Trump mm-hmm. has brought down costs in a lot of different industries in the U.S., but there's a lot of industries that he hasn't, and then there's still a lot of industries that are really expensive, and that's why people are still getting stuff in places like China. But I would say if we're going to cut off China completely, I would say at least use India for the time being until we bring down our prices and we can compete on that level of, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I, I think India right away, oh, after do. China started playing games with us, with not giving us medicine, India stepped up and said, we got you, no problem. Because uh, Modi yep. and Trump have a very good relationship and they have a bond mm-hmm. and uh, they want to help the U.S. And I believe at this point, I think India knows that they can be the next China and they're really stepping up to the plate and really – uh, take, taking advantage of that situation. And I love it because if, if they really play their cards right and they really, you know, keep helping out all these other not, – it's not only the U.S. they're helping out. They're helping out a lot when China wouldn't do so. So I think China is digging themselves a grave because the United States is not the only country mad at China. There are several countries oh. that want to cut ties with China, and I, I think it's only yeah. a matter of time. But, you know – Look at all the money we've been giving China for all these years. And none of the money we give them benefits anything in our country. And it just, it just goes to show what I said earlier. 
It's all about filling the politicians in America, yes. their pockets with money. That's all it is because, you know, why else would their this pockets. deal be made? Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, it goes back when I was talking about, you know, Josh's documentary. You know, certain media outlets are targeted by the Chinese to silence what they're talking about, right? I mean, remember, yeah. we're talking about China, and I know a lot of people get mad when we, we talk about, oh, we get money. And this is the one thing I don't agree with President Trump on. Uh, two things. I didn't agree when he said he was a better general than General Mattis because that's just uh, flat not the truth. General Mattis is the greatest general of my generation, uh, so we'll get, leave it at that. Uh, any agreements with China, I've never agreed with. I don't like trading with them. I don't trust them. Uh, you know, right. They are the Communist Party. Remember, these people commit human rights violations like you go to right. In-N-Out and get a double-double, okay? They do it with a smile right. on their face and, and make that yeah. moaning sound like Kevin does in the office when they're eating a baby roof, okay? They don't care. And we're putting them on a pedestal when they shouldn't be allowed in the U.N., but they're allowed – they control so many things. They control a very large – media outlet, one of the biggest on the planet, they're the puppet. They pull them like strings and have them come out and attack these smaller media outlets that are exposing the truth. And that's the problem. The American people don't get told the story. You get fed a lobbyist story or somebody who's feeding a sponsor. And that's our biggest problem. Coronavirus, we weren't told the right story because we were depending on bad intel. And we now trade with somebody that we're codependent on. And I'm 100% with you. With India, we don't need to get rid of India. My point is this. There are other places that we can do business and trade with our partners. I mean, we have our allies to the north and to the south of us. We have our friends, you know, Canada, who's got the greatest, you know, security force in the world. They're lucky to have us around. Our friends in Mexico. Yeah. And then let's not forget about Latin America. Do you know from, from Colombia, yes, we're going to talk about cartel country, but the cartel country is gone. And there's a lot of U.S. businesses down there. We can put warehouses there and have supplies to us within two hours to Miami, right? Back in the day, that was drugs. We can do that, but we need to go set those up. We've learned from this mistake, from being dependent on somebody to ship it in a container and get it here. It takes like right. two days from 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 central from down there to down South America. Hold on, looking at a map, yeah. and doing this. So South America <laughs> to our country. So that's what I say now. It's like okay, we've pointed enough fingers. People aren't dying. Yes, we've got more people. I, I don't know why our country's obsessed with significant events and death holes. Like the first one was like still less bodies than 9-11, and now today I'm hearing more people have died than Vietnam. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Can we just say people have died? Why does, it, why does it have to be that number right. all the time? It's always something. I'm like, I guess Pearl Harbor just doesn't get anything anymore. It's just there's yeah, it, nobody it's, counts it's, them. Yeah, the, just the media, the media <laughs> and how overdramatic they are. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Eric, stay with us. So tell everybody where they can find your show, uh, connect with you. A lot more to get into. I got. I want to um, get some other people on, but stay with us. Sure. Uh, I will uh, probably will be able to get back to you before the show ends, so we can talk about more stuff. But tell everybody uh, all your plugs and stuff. Sure. Uh, you can catch us over on uh, To the Point with Eric Mitchell. Airs every day at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, catch us on Facebook, on YouTube. Go find us on Facebook, YouTube, and you can watch the show there hit us up on IG and Twitter. So we're sitting there. We have a great guest every day tomorrow, huge guest. Uh, and we have Mike the Cop on Thursday. So every Thursday on our show, if you're a veteran or a first responder, we put vets and first responders on the show. We are the only TV show out there that actually honors the greatest American heroes. Every Thursday, that's the only show people we put on our show. So we're proud of that for our Thursday guests. It's our bragging right. Our friends at Fox can't touch us when it comes to that. So 
I like bashing on them. It's kind of fun. I agreed with you earlier, Rory, on your point that, you know, I find myself watching uh, ONA a lot more than I, or OAN than I do watching Fox anymore. Uh, you're right about Hannity. Uh, Tucker's great, though. But, you know, that's where you can find us. So come check out our show. Uh, follow me at Eric L. Mitchell on uh, Twitter, all the social handles. And, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show today, Roy. Absolutely. Well, I, I love having you on, buddy. Uh, always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we love your insight. Stay with us, though. Um, everybody, we'll, we'll be right back. I'm going to take a quick commercial. Um, a lot more people to get to, a lot of, a lot of people on the panel, more guests, too. This is the Rory Sider Show, the beautiful night. We'll be right back. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for Daily Use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoking behind me. 
Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. Coming to you live. Um, I want to make a big announcement. Everybody, mark your calendars. May 17th, I will be starting at Salem Radio. Uh, huge opportunity. Uh, big names do their shows there, like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Larry Elder, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka, many, many more. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be uh, starting a few weeks ago, but it's been pushed back because of corona. So um, apologies for that, everybody. Uh, but I do want to welcome, I believe he's with us, and we've got a lot of people to get to, uh, but very famous uh, fitness mogul and uh, been doing a lot of things um, in, in the market, uh, been around for a long time, uh, David Morin. David, how are you? Hey, Rory. What's up, brother? Doing well. How about you? Uh, doing very well. Really good to have you here. Uh, first time on the show. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a fitness guru. You're a business mogul. Um, you know, I've seen you all over the place. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, Jesus, man. Does everybody have all night? Um, well, uh, just military family. Man. My father was in Vietnam. Um, basically, was a Air Force brat my whole life. Um, everybody else, all my sisters, my brother-in-law, my nieces and nephews, they're all serving in the military. Uh, I did contract work for the military. content. 
So I create content in various forms. You know, I have a fitness app called FitPlan. You can download it at the App Store. It's FitPlan, so it's an at-home workout training app. Um, you need minimal equipment. You can do it at home. Um, I also do online coaching. I also have my own product. I actually almost died five years ago. I had a pulmonary embolism, which uh, I have a heart condition. So I have a uh, what's called a an atrial mesoma, which is a vegetative tumor inside my heart. And I went through a pulmonary embolism, and I was uh, in a coma for five days. And after, I kind of extubated myself. I don't know if everyone knows what extubation is. It's kind of like you, the ventilators that everybody's on from COVID-19, I basically yanked that out myself and decided that I wasn't quite finished with living my life. And, um, and then basically just created a respiration enhancement product that is um, super beneficial for those who have a problem with uh, upper respiratory infections or asthma or anxiety or just seasonal allergies. And uh, it's organic essential oils that open up the, the respiratory pathways and allow you to actually breathe the way you normally would if you didn't have all these obstructive environmental factors. So, yeah, I mean, I travel the world and really that fitness and empowering people in their own physiology, you know, I mean, owning your own, uh, like happiness basically through a biological roadmap. You have to own the real estate that you dwell in before you hope to acquire any happiness in life. And so that's been my passion and my mission is to help revitalize through fitness um, the opportunity that lies to obtain unlimited happiness once you have connected to that that biological roadmap, which is hardwired into all of us through, you know, various different neurotransmitters. I don't know if you want to get too biochem about it, but, you know, norepinephrine and, and dopamine and serotonin and all these various different endorphins that are basically free drugs that all you have to do is the hard work, you know. Um, hard work is kind of the currency of meaning nowadays. And, you know, there's wishers and there's workers. And so I, you know, basically coming out of school, I realized man, hard work, man, and the American dream is really all it takes and some time and some perseverance. And I never thought I'd be traveling the world and doing what I do and having the success that I've had. But fortunately I was born in the right country, man. And I'm, I'm blessed to, blessed to have what I have. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, being being in this whole industry, what what is your work what's your workout routine like and what's your what's your meal plan for everybody out there that uh you know it got god damn man, you look like Arnold, man. I mean you are you're Jeff. <laughs> you look like Arnold in his front. Come on, Rory, you don't really mean it here. Come on, give me a <laughs> No uh, <laughs> No brother. Um really anybody can do it. There's nothing really particularly special about me. I'm not really gifted genetically um what i've been practicing for the past five years is intermittent fasting i believe i believe that human physiology is better adapted to fasting than it is having food available at all times i think having food available at all times and stuffing our face constantly with food puts a uh, a burden on our endocrine system which is of course very evident in the diabetes epidemic which of course is the largest uh, tax burden on the American people and why everyone's arguing about free health care and all this and that. It's like if we all just took our own health in our own hands, 
we could ease the burden and not get into a, 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 a debate, you know, about, about this. Um, but workout routine and diet, it's really simple, man. Um, I'll do a small workout in the morning and I'll stay fasted until noon. I basically eat what I want. I just avoid processed foods and I avoid refined sugars and everything else is on the menu. If I want a burger, if I want fries, if I want a nice big salad with cheese and steak, if I want, um, you know, if I want a vegetable juice, I mean, I try to focus on high uh, density of nutrients. So nutrient dense foods, um, not necessarily calorically um, high, but you know, sometimes, yeah, I'll have a slice of pizza or whatever. But from 12 to 6 p.m., that's what's called a time-restricted eating window. And there's a scientist, there's a, a, a scientist out of uh, Southern California. His name is Dr. Walter Longo. And you can find various different podcasts and reference his work on intermittent fasting and how it, it optimizes what's called the circadian rhythm. That we're, we're daytime, we're diurnal creatures, we're not nocturnal creatures. So the hormones basically are what regulate, um, you know, testosterone and your body composition, your ability to use calories for energy versus store it as fat, your insulin sensitivity, all these various mechanisms. And when we're eating late at night, you know, when we're, and we're constantly cranked on caffeine and we're not sleeping properly and we're not resting and eating when we should, and most of it is all underlying metabolic and hormonal factors that attribute to unhealthy people, you know, and undesired results. You're busting your ass at the gym, but you're not getting what you want. So everybody out there, if you want to get in shape, if you just eat between 12 and 6, you will notice a remarkable difference in your physique in a matter of weeks. Now, if Maybe. you want to increase – I'm sorry, Rory, what were you saying? No, I said amazing. No, keep going. Yeah. Now, if you want to increase those efforts just by modifying the diet, if you want to increase those efforts exponentially, then you can start adding some physical activities. Now, there's a various amounts of physical activities, and that all, yeah. you know, is wide-ranging depending on what your goals are. But if for guys, if you want to gain a little bit of muscle, obviously weight resistance training, you know, and uh, I do do weight resistance training probably three or four times a week. I don't do it seven days a week. I don't do it five days a week. I do it probably two or three times a week. And I do what's called HIT training, high-intensity interval training. And I may do some, you know, moderate, light, uh, steady-state cardio or what I like to call um, active rest days, which is just like riding a bike or doing something that's going to burn calories, but it's more leisurely and, and dec- it's decreased like compresses the body. It's not stressful on the nervous right. system. It's more like a lifestyle thing. You know, you walk, you walk the neighborhood to do a neighborhood watch with the dog. Well, obviously not in quarantine, but in normal circumstances when the whole country is not on lockdown because of the hoax. But um, basically if you just eat between 12 and six and you work out yeah. some light workout in the morning and you right. do uh, a moderate workout after David, I want to get you back on very soon. I want to get you back on very soon, but I do got to move on to the next guest. Let's get you back on in the next week or two. I got a lot more to ask you, but tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find you, buy your products. I know you got workout videos, you got different supplements, all that good stuff. Awesome, Roy. Thanks, man. I'd love to come on again. 
Um, you can find me. My uh, social media handle is at getmorin, G-E-T-M-O-R-I-N. And if you'd like to buy an amazing respiratory enhancement product that can help you right now in your loved ones that may be suffering from the fear or the flu, it would be getflow2.com. That's G-E-T-F-O-L and then 2.com. Perfect. Sounds great, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Let's get you back on here. Let's, let's even make you a regular. I'd love to have you on here regularly. Uh, let's obviously the next time let's talk more because I know you're a Trump fan and we'll get into that too. Awesome, brother. Thanks a lot. All have right, man. Night. God bless. I'll talk, to you. I'll talk to you soon. You too. You too, man. Bye-bye. All righty. Um, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us. We have um, Kevin Mooney, popular columnist. Hey, buddy, how are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on, Rory. Absolutely. Uh, first time on. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, well, I'm an investigative reporter with the Daily Signal, the news service of the Heritage Foundation. Um, and I also do some work in the state policy network with uh, the Commonwealth Foundation in Pennsylvania, which is close to home. Um, and uh, write for a couple of other national publications, uh, National Review, American Spectator, and a few others. So um, I'm glad to be out of D.C. for a little while, but I'm sorry to be quarantined at home. <laughs> um, so that's that's how things are these days. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so so, so t- no, quite impressive. I know you write for a, a lot of big publications. Uh Tell us some of the things you've been writing about lately. Obviously, probably mainly about COVID-19, right? Well, sure. I mean, one thing I'm looking at, uh, one area I've specialized in is looking at the power and the influence of the modern environmental movement. Um, And uh, I think what we're going through today should really make a powerful case against us ever embracing anything like the Green New Deal, because this is what the world would look like every day if the environmental movement had its druthers and had its way. And I hope that sort of wakes people up to the uh, anti-energy influences of the movement and how it puts us at a great disadvantage against countries like China that are not constraining and restricting their energy. Uh, so I, I, I hope this is, is sort of a wake-up call for policymakers. I think certainly President Trump gets it. I think that's one reason why he resisted getting into the Paris Climate Treaty. Um, but, of course, there's still a lot of forces lobbying us in that direction. No, absolutely. And what do you make of this whole China thing? What, do, what are your whole thoughts on it? Yeah, how do you how do you how do you kind of view it? Well, I, I think it's it's awakened some of our establishment a little bit, the American people in general. Um, and uh, I, I mean, the the challenge from China, I think, is a bit different from what we face with the Soviet Union because they they burrowed in so much with some of our institutions. So there's the so-called Confucius institutions, which are very active on college campuses, spreading propaganda on behalf of the Chinese government. Um, I mentioned the environmental movement. They've been using nonprofit environmental groups as front groups to file lawsuits against the U.S. military, and that's been going on for years. And so I'm hoping that this uh, alerts us to uh, uh, reorienting our public policy position to wake up to the dangers and challenges of China. Um, I think the good news is that the president is largely awake to it, but I think the Republican establishment is not, and I think our own military establishment is not. I will say one, I think one reason why Trump is actually trying to lessen our footprint in the Middle Middle East is to sort of reorient us to to confronting China and what's coming over the next 10 to, 10 to 15, 20 years. Uh, so I think we're back on our heels, but hopefully this crisis will, will rejigger things a bit. 
And how do you, what do you see as kind of the, the, like the future? I mean, how do you kind of see us rebounding? How do you kind of see things being laid out? What, what do you, you know, just when we reopen, uh, do, do you think it's what kind of process? Um, I don't think we're going to zoom right up. I'm sorry to say, I think it's going to take, it, it being small businesses have been hurt a lot. I, I would say the upshot is that this administration may be unlike some of its predecessors. I mean, usually when there's a crisis, whether it's 9-11 or the financial crisis, the default position is more centralized planning, more concentration of power in Washington. Uh, the good news is I think there's been some decentralization, allowing the business community to take the lead a little bit. Um, I think that will lessen the curve. I also think that the deregulation of the energy sector and unleashing the natural gas revolution is something that can help us really get us back up on our feet. So I think, I think there, there are some real good ingredients in place to make us a little bit more well-positioned down the road. Um, but uh, the president's going to have to fight members of his own party um, and, of course, the news media to do this. Absolutely, 100%. No, he, he absolutely is. And, you know, how, how do we hold them accountable? What, what is your solution for, you know, making them pay? Obviously, Trump says he has a plan, but he doesn't want to talk about it right now. I mean, more tariffs? I mean, what, what, what do you think? Um. I don't know about more tariffs. I, I actually think, if anything, he, he might want to alleviate, um, you know, uh, the tariff situation a little bit. Um, I, there's a foreign policy component to what he's doing on trade, but I don't think now's the time to, to, to put on more tariffs. Um, I would say on the foreign policy front, I'll throw out one thing that I think his Justice Department could do. I mentioned some of the environmental groups. Um, there's a law called the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which is rarely enforced, but it came up when um, some uh, with uh, Michael Flynn and some of the others who were caught up in the whole Russian scandal. Um, they want to take a look at all these different advocacy groups and how close they are to the government of Beijing and have them register as foreign agents. So I don't know why the Trump Justice Department hasn't done that yet, but I think that's one small but I think very meaningful change they could do uh, to really wake people up to what we're facing. Amen. Amen. One hundred percent. No, I agree. And I, I want to get you on here. I want to make you a regular. I want you to come on and be a contributor often. I, you know, I could ask you a lot of things and talk to you for a long time, but I, I do got to get to the next person before I wrap up. But tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find your work, all that good stuff. And let's see if we can get you back in the next week or two. Uh, sure. You can find me at the Daily Signal. Um... And my Twitter handle is at Kevin Mooney DC, and I'm not hard to find. Um, and uh, anytime the, the left is out there, I'm trying to do my best to expose them. So I'm not hiding. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Kevin. And, and let's definitely get you back here very soon. Let's talk about a lot more things because I want to get a lot more, obviously, scoop from you. I mean, you live over there, so it, w- it would be great and convenient if we could uh, definitely get you on on a, on a you know, weekly or biweekly basis. Oh, sure. Anytime. All righty, man. Have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. All righty. Uh, let's go to re- retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Balsey. Michael Balsey, go ahead. Great show so far tonight, Roy. I enjoyed uh, listening. You know, you always mention about the cancel culture and putting people in boxes. We're certainly seeing it through this coronavirus uh, situation. Those two brilliant doctors from California, Erickson and Masih, you know, their video I thought was extremely enlightening. And, you know, then YouTube pulls it down. It's being censored all over the place. I would encourage people to try to see it. But please do yourself a favor at the end. Stick around and listen to the last few minutes. 
they disclosed some interesting information after the original broadcast. A lot of the reporters left, so the original one, some of the original YouTube videos didn't include the last portion, which is very, very intriguing. I think it's the last 12 minutes was actually cut out. Uh, you know, it seems like they've uh, they've tuned out these doctors that are spreading the truth about this coronavirus. So, you know, I, I started to realize this, did some research, went to the CDC's website, and realized we were on pace for between 25 and 69,000 flu deaths this year, right? Which would put us somewhere in the neighborhood of 2017, which we reached almost 80,000 or whatever the number was. If you go to their website, you can't find 2020 flu numbers any longer. They quit counting them. So they clumped them all together with coronavirus. So are these tests they're giving? Are the CDC reporting flu cases as coronavirus to jack their numbers up? You know, in a bad flu season, a lot of people can die. We don't shut down countries for that. So there's a point I wanted to make, and I, and I, and I think uh, your listeners should, should be aware of it. And do some research on their own. You had one of the finest doctors that I've heard talk on this subject, Dr. Shivan, a few weeks back. And I, and I think he's another brilliant guy. You see, in Michigan, they're going to charge this doctor with felonies for treating patients with vitamin C, which we know is a great supplement to take, especially during the virus season or flu season. So that bothers me. The other thing I wanted to make a point about the Fauci and the $3.7 million to the World Health Organization, you know, after H1N1, Obama was going to withhold money to the World Health Organization until they could show where they could accurately report on these viruses. Because he got caught on H1N1, and they did a horrible job. Somewhere around, you know, somewhere during that whole crisis or afterwards, he authorized Fauci to release that $3.7 million. So that's what happened there. He was, he intended originally to, withhold, to hold the World Health Organization, you know, accountable. But then just his tune changed on that. Uh, and I know you're pressed for time. I just want to touch on something. And, you know, I, I agree with you to a certain extent on Hannity's show being a little bit repetitive. But. If it wasn't for Hannity, we wouldn't get this information on this steady drip of information that's been coming out on some of this wrongdoing by the FBI and our intelligence services. It's been a steady drip of information now over the last few weeks leading up to the exoneration of General Flynn. And, you know, he's a pretty popular general right now. When this all breaks, he's going to be even more popular because that Brady material that was being withheld it's also being used in other cases that are being prosecuted. So they couldn't jeopardize those other cases. Flynn has never really been incarcerated. He's just had this monkey hanging over his head, right? Soon to be free to that, and the other charges will be in place. So I think when they realize what Mike, uh, Michael Flynn uh, sacrificed, He's going to be even more popular than what he may be, may, may be already. As far as uh, the immigration and stuff is concerned, I agree, but I think this is a first step in a series of things you're going to see it in terms of executive orders with regards to immigration. 
and I think it's going to touch on a topic that you were talking about earlier, China. You got to control these Chinese students coming into our universities. You have to put that under control. And then because you're pressed for time, I kind of know that you're uh, winding down here, but this Biden thing, you know, there's documents on this. Now, his uh, Senate records are sealed. There's documents in the Senate because this woman made this woman, Tara Reid, made a complaint. Those documents are someplace. And we control the Senate. The Republicans control the Senate. Those documents need to be made public. You know, the timing is suspicious. It's an election time. I understand that. But her account is credible, and now it's been backed up by two or three other people. I think it deserves a look. And uh, the media is going to do everything they can to sweep it under the carpet. As far as Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, Roy, we talked about the Gen 21. We know they were planning for this. And don't think for a minute that the president doesn't have a handle on this. This whole thing is going to be exposed. And when it is, when he exposes the people are responsible, not only China, but probably people in our country, I think it's going to be a big, big boost for the president. So with that, you can find me on Twitter, but right now I'll let your listeners know Twitter DM is down, but you can DM me at Michael Valsi, V-A-L-S-I, on Twitter. Be glad to talk with anybody. Thanks for having me again, Roy. Enjoyed the show tonight. Absolutely. Well, I can give you a couple more minutes if you have any other points. I can give you about two, three more minutes. Did you want to make any other uh, – Yeah, I I do – yeah, you were talking about the bailouts, you know, for businesses. I'm not sure how's that, how that all plays out. I know there was two phases there. And I know one required businesses to go get a loan, which re- prevented other businesses that really needed the loan money to get the loan. Other re- others, another involved direct payments. But and I think the government realized they knew there was going to be some of this take place with some of these companies. I think they knew that was going to happen. I think they felt as opposed to being in a big battle with Democrats in the House, might be better to go after these people after that because all these big businesses file taxes. You can always get that money back one way or another. Now, I do agree that it's not going to go directly back to the, the people that need it, but I think that's why you're going to see another, another phase of the stimulus come along. And there should be no way in hell that we do any kind of bailout for these Democratic states or cities that have misrun their government, sanctuary cities in many cases, have extravagant pension funds. Uh, They've catered to the unions, so they're paying wages through the roof. Their taxes are already high. Just because they're mismanaged, that's not our responsibility. And I don't think the president's going to allow it to happen. You know, that, that brings you back to the COVID thing again. It makes one wonder, and I think America's starting to wake up to this, why are they paying more money for COVID patients? Why are they paying more money for a ventilated patient? You know, when, it, when you ventilate these patients, it's proven that 80% of them don't ever come off the ventilator. There's been all kinds right. of scientific studies about rolling these people over on their stomach, you know, lessening yeah. the pressure on the lungs, and they hide all this stuff. You know, and, and just finally, with, with regards to the... Uh, the light treatment, the ultraviolet light, China's been using that. When this whole coronavirus thing started, they were using it to uh, disinfect their hospital rooms. 
Now yes. there's a company in the United States making it to disinfect airplanes. They've been using it. They can use it to treat the, down through the trachea to disinfect the lungs. And they've been using it as an intravenous to purify the blood. So he wasn't far off. He's a brilliant man. He wasn't going to speak out of school. The media took that thing and twisted it all the way around to make it sound like he said to take disinfectant. You know, it's pretty yeah, hard. It, I, it, I can't it, watch them. I can't watch that media anymore, Rory. I won't. I refuse to even watch a clip if I'm happen to be watching Fox or OAN. And now you know you were talking about OAN. I, I make it a habit of watching Graham Ledger and Liz Wheeler. Those are two of the yeah. best shows on in America. If you want to watch good televisions. And at least see accurate news. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I agree. Uh, Michael, uh, I I do got to close the show, but I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. Always love your insight. Um, And uh, we'll we'll see you, uh, as always, next week. Um, Everybody, uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Uh, we got a big show planned for Thursday. I will see you then, 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, and I love you all. Uh, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.